Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Motherkind podcast with me your host Zoe Blasky where each week I chat about all things motherhood and well-being. My mission with this podcast is to help you reconnect to you, to feel happier, more joyful, calmer and that little bit kinder to yourself because I think life as a mum in this hectic modern world is hard enough as it is. I believe becoming the happiest, most alive version of ourselves is the most important and inspiring thing we can do for our children. Hi everyone and welcome to this very special episode of the Motherkind podcast with me, your host, Zoe Blasky. Well, I don't need to do an intro this week because I am the guest. I asked you a while ago what you thought we should do for our 100th episode, can you believe? And very flatteringly, you all suggested that I do a solo episode. So here it is. I felt quite a lot of resistance to doing this episode, to be honest. I think it still takes me an awful amount of courage to share so vulnerably and openly, which is what I want to do. You know, that's how I like to be, but it's still scary putting that out into the world. And yeah, I just noticed my resistance was quite high for doing this, but here I am, I'm sat down in my office. Guy has the girls just for an hour. So in a way, the time pressure helped because I had to get this done this afternoon. So I am hoping I'm going to share with you a little bit more about me and more about the podcast really, and just have a chat and see what comes out. I'm sometimes asked if I write like a script, if I'm doing a talk or a podcast like this, and I don't, because I think when you write a script or when I've written scripts in the past, it kind of takes the magic away, like the things that just come to me. So I have a few bullet points in front of me, but I really have not that much of an idea where this is going to go. So let's see. I'm also recording this in our sixth week, I think it is, sixth or seventh week of lockdown. So wherever you are listening around the world or who you're with, I am sending you lots of love and I hope that you're okay right now. So yeah, the Motherkind podcast, a hundred episodes. I can't quite believe it. I had the idea, I've always wanted to do a podcast, well, for about five years or so. And I got really into Rich Roll and Tim Ferriss's podcasts and a few others. And Guy, my husband, said to me, I think you could do really well on a podcast. You know, you're quite articulate and you ask smart questions and you love talking and you're really into healing and self-development. Why don't you start one? And that was about five or six years ago. And at that point in my life, the idea felt absurd. I was working full time in corporate, in the city, in a marketing role. And the imposter syndrome was so high. And I remember him saying that to me and me kind of thinking, how on earth would I do that? Who would listen? What would I talk about? And then I became a mother. And what happened then is I kind of looked around like I'd, you know, many of you know my story, but I had been in recovery and healing for a long time, about 12 years, because I had a breakdown when I was 23. I'll talk a bit more about that in a sec. So I'd been really used to consuming lots of spiritual content, lots of well-being content, lots of self-development content, lots of podcasts and workshops about trauma and healing and, you know, all sorts of things, meditation. So when I became a mum, I really looked around for that type of content about motherhood. And it's a bit different now, but when I started Motherkind, it was three years ago and there really wasn't much at all. There is some stuff in America, but there wasn't much stuff in the UK. What I did find was loads of content about how to start a side hustle, loads of content about what to wear, what was cool now that I was a mum, loads of content about what things I needed for the baby or what to buy. But I really couldn't find much talking about my emotional state. And that was so sort of what I was interested in. So that idea was kind of planted, that seed was planted. Oh, actually, maybe I could start this conversation. And I was chatting to a friend, kind of complaining, if I'm honest, that I'd found myself thrown into motherhood and I was struggling and I was really not finding the content or the workshops that I wanted. And she said, well, why don't you do it? You know, if you're that pissed off (laughs) that it doesn't exist, that's how great things start. 
And I knew that to be true because many of the businesses and the people and the platforms that I love, I knew that they had started because they were craving a conversation that they couldn't find too. So I thought, okay, maybe I will. I was already trained as a coach, although coaching wasn't in my plan for Motherkind to start with. I really just wanted to create content and be a conduit for a lot of the amazing teachers that I had learned from. I wanted to get those out to mums because what I could see was so much anxiety and stress and fear in mums and in myself. And I kind of feel like, well, there's so many teachers out there that have the solution to this. They have amazing ideas. And I wanted to link up those two. I wanted to talk to mothers about some of these ideas and the workshops and the teachers that I'd learned from and the healing that I'd done. I wanted to get that out there. I'd read all these parenting books and I, everyone I would read, I'd think, but they're not talking about the emotional state of the mother. Like, how can you set a boundary with a screaming toddler if you've never set a boundary with yourself or with your partner, or you don't even know what a boundary is, or if you've got low esteem, and then of course you're not going to be able to set a boundary effectively. So this podcast were kind of started out of frustration, and it was started out of me really doing it for myself, because I found it so hard when I became a mum, and I wanted support that I couldn't find. So I did it for myself, and I think so many things that I know that I love started for themselves started for that person and loads of the amazing guests I've had on have talked about that so I know that I'm not alone in that but the fear was absolutely massive so I hired a coach called Lucy Sheridan who's been on the podcast she's known as the comparison coach I didn't really need a coach to help me get the business out or to get the platform out because I'd come from a marketing background I knew how to do that what I needed was someone to help me with my mind (laughs) my mind is like my worst enemy most of the time and even when I'd had that idea it had already started to throw massive barriers at me as to why it wouldn't work as to why I'd embarrass myself that was a really big one that I would embarrass myself I'd come from a corporate background and one of my huge fears about really taking my mask off and sharing who I am really as opposed to who I was kind of with that armour in the corporate world was what my ex-colleagues would think. You know, I had quite big jobs. I was fairly successful in the city and yeah, I worked for an automotive company for years as well. And that was a really big fear of what other people would think. So I worked with Lucy to help me really get my mindset in the right place. And I sometimes joke that if she hadn't have cost me so much money, this podcast wouldn't exist because I was so resistant to doing it. But I'd spent all this money working with Lucy. I thought, well, I've got to put the podcast out. Otherwise, all that money that I spent on Lucy would have just been wasted. And I remember I called her. I think I was about to go live with the first episode or maybe it was before I was about to record the first episode. And I said to her, I just can't do it. I feel like such an idiot. I feel like everyone's going to laugh at me. And who am I? I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it is what I said to her. And she was just so helpful. Like if you know of Lucy, she's incredible. And she said, you know, Zoe, your fear gets loudest as you get closest to what you're meant to be doing because you're pushing right against the edge of that stretch zone right against the edge of your comfort zone is where you are now she said and you've got two choices you can feel that fear and just know that it's not fact it's just fear and in fact fear is a constant companion of a fulfilled life of a creative life fear is always going to be there She said, well, you can succumb to it and not do it. And obviously, you know, I did do it. And I went and recorded that first episode. And then a couple of months later, I hit publish on the first episode. And the other thing is that's really interesting is the idea for the name Motherkind. Well, I say really interesting. I think it's interesting. You'll be the judge of that. So I was really thinking, what should I call it? I knew that I didn't want to call it my name. I think I might change that. I can sort of see that changing actually in years to come. I think I'll always have Motherkind, but I wonder if I'll want more of a personal brand. Anyway, that's by the by. At the time when I launched, I really didn't want to call it my name. I wanted it to be 
a different name, a brand name, if you will, if that doesn't sound too sort of corporate I'd come up with all these different names and ideas and Guy, my husband, he's quite creative and he'd pitched in on a few and nothing was kind of right. And I was on a meditation and mindfulness course for parents. I was doing a training around mindfulness for parenting. So, you know, I'd spent a good few days in intense meditation. You know, we were doing like a couple of hours meditation at a time and in one of these meditations, this idea, the only way I can describe it is that it kind of dropped from above, like into my awareness and this name mother kind. And I thought, God, I hate it. That sounds so cheesy and like Namby Pamby. God, I hate that. So I try not to think anything else of it, but it kind of kept like tapping me on the shoulder. Have you ever had that where you've had an idea and it just won't leave you alone? It just kind of followed me around a bit. And so I said to Guy, I said, God, I've had this idea and it came to me in meditation and some other kind and he said actually I really like that I said I really don't I really don't like it I'm not going to call it that but I'll tell you what I'll just have that as my working name and that's what I did so I was never intending to call it mother kind and it actually took me about a year to actually start to like that name but I think it just goes to show like my mind will really try and trip me up and stop me doing things that are incredible for the tiniest reasons and I've had some clients do this you know I've been lucky enough now I've coached some amazing women to start their own things as well and I've noticed they sometimes do that they'll say I can't I can't possibly launch the website because I don't like the picture of me on it or I can't possibly write that blog because I haven't spell check it for the hundredth time that was so for me that my mind was just throwing everything that it could at me to keep me safe, which is really what fear and ego is about. It wanted to keep me safe and small and didn't want me to risk, you know, being vulnerable, which is what this whole platform, whole platform is about. So yeah, I called it Motherkind and it is still called Motherkind. And now I actually love the name and I find it really fascinating. Like it's becoming more and more well-known and those of you who've been with this podcast and been with my journey from the start will know how much it's grown, you know, partly because of the type of guests that we've had on. So now people will say to me, oh, I love Motherkind and I love the Motherkind podcast. And have you, someone actually said to me, have you heard of Motherkind once? They didn't know there was me. And now that I love it, when I hear that, it makes me feel really proud. So I guess, I know, I don't know if this will resonate with you, but if there's anything in your life that you really want to do right now or try or just push out that comfort zone a little bit. I say to my clients all the time, you know, fear is an ever constant companion of a life well lived. I really believe that, that if you're not feeling afraid a little bit, you're probably not living enough, truly. So just know that's all it is. Like fear isn't a fact. It's just a feeling. And, you know, Lucy was so right. What she said to me was that on the other side of that fear, you know, is everything I've ever wanted. And in so many ways, this podcast is, you know, and Motherkind and what I do now, it is, you know, from a career perspective and a work perspective, everything I've ever wanted. And, you know, in my internal life, my inner life, my relationship with myself, it's never been better. I've never felt more healed and more whole and more at peace than I do sat here in this moment and have been feeling that way for a while now. And I think, a huge part of that is down to this podcast. You know, you can't but help, can you? I've had 90, done a couple of solo episodes, haven't I? So I've had 98, 97 incredible guests, you know, and I think that has really far more than I'd predicted, actually, has really transformed me on a deeper level than I realized was possible. You know, many of you know my story that you know, I came from an incredibly loving home. You know, my parents loved us with all that they had. They really did. But they were pretty unconscious. Like, they hadn't had the opportunity, like I have, to do any therapy or, or healing work. I certainly don't think that they knew about the unresolved trauma that they were carrying or, you know, any of that. So, like everyone, they just did their absolute best. But they were pretty emotionally unavailable so 
what that meant for me is that, you know, my inner child and, you know, if you know me and you follow me, I talk about inner child a lot. And that's because it's become so profound in my own healing, you know, understanding what the inner child is and why it's so important. It's basically because how we feel about ourselves and the world and what beliefs we set up about ourselves and the people around us, that's all determined between zero to seven, pretty much zero to seven. So that's why I talk so much about the inner child, because what I can see now is that for most of my life, that kind of wounded, I want to say, that sounds like a really strong word, wounded, but I guess I did have a wounded inner child, was running my show, which basically meant that I abandoned myself all the time. Because children between zero to seven, they don't really have that understanding of what goes on in an adult life, you know, clearly. So if they see, you know, and this is, was my experience, that I saw that my parents were emotionally unavailable and would shut down my feelings simply because they didn't know any other way you know there's absolutely no blame here I have so much love and compassion for both my parents they're incredible they just didn't know what they didn't know right so because my feelings were shut down and they were yeah emotionally unavailable to me I kind of made that about me I thought that that was my fault or there was something wrong with me so I abandoned myself I kind of would do things in order to to earn love and that I guess was the first dysfunction I suppose you'd call it um when I was pretty young and I have some memories actually of doing that but really what that meant is then I went into my teenage years and my early 20s with that same behavior so I couldn't sit with myself and I know a lot of you resonate with this because I've talked to a lot of you about it and we talk about it on the podcast all the time I couldn't sit with my own feelings because I'd never been taught. So I was basically petrified <laughs> that if I had a feeling, I didn't really know what to do with it. So I became pretty masterful at avoiding my feelings. And I used loads of different things. You know, I definitely used achievement and work through school. And I carried on doing that in my early career as well. I was bordering on a workaholic in my early 20s, for sure. I would also drink way too much. If my feelings started to bubble up too much, you know, I would I would drink to numb them. I would shop, compulsively shop. I was that sort of person. I would wake up in the morning and the first thing that I would do is I'd put the TV on because I couldn't bear to, to even have really silence because then all these weird feelings and thoughts and discomfort would start bubbling up to the surface and I I couldn't bear it and it's pretty hilarious to me now that I'll sit in meditation for kind of hours on end (laughs) given that you know for loads of my life I couldn't even have silence around me I couldn't bear it and I would often fall asleep with the tv on for the same reason I was kind of a stranger to myself I was a people pleaser I've talked about this a lot you know and where that comes from you know, this desire that I would rather upset myself than upset someone else. I had such a low, we didn't really have a foundation of self-esteem and self-love. I really got all of that from outside of me. So other people's validation was kind of what I lived for, unfortunately, because that's a kind of roller coaster life because sometimes you'll get it and sometimes you won't. So it's a pretty painful way to live. And I definitely got a lot of my esteem from achievement, which I've talked about. But I was so lucky. And I do mean lucky because when I was 23, I had a breakdown. I call it a breakthrough now, which I know that sounds a bit cheesy that I renamed my breakdown a breakthrough. But it really was because it really helped me to know that there was a different way to live because I hit rock bottom and, you know, my family kind of imploded around me in quite a dramatic way. And, you know, I don't share the details of this out of respect for my family, but it was pretty dramatic what happened to almost every member of my immediate family, you know, my family of origin. So, yeah, and I too kind of had a breakdown with it. And then I was just so lucky because I found recovery in a 12-step program called Al-Anon, which is for family and friends of dysfunctional people and addicts. That really changed my life in so many ways. And I still go to Al-Anon. I go at least a couple of times a week and I have done for 12 years now. So 
that is the impact that it's had on me because it really taught me that you know I had a choice how to live that's what it taught me I didn't know that I used to think that you know how I was and I was very reactive I had cripplingly low esteem I couldn't sit with myself as I said I would constantly double guess myself I'd numb out it was just horrible being in my skin it was horrible being in my body and I thought that was that really I thought well this is just what it is to be me and maybe this is what it is to be human although I definitely used to look around and notice that other people weren't in the same degree of pain as me so I I learned that I had a choice and that I could choose which thoughts in my head I engaged with and listened to and which thoughts I didn't I also started to unpick you know like where some of these beliefs that I had about myself came from and when I started to unpick those and Mastin Kip talks about this in the episode that I did with him he talks about it brilliantly as really just coping tools like ways to cope like how did I used to cope because really children just have three core needs they need to be seen and they need to be heard and they need to be validated so I really got clear on what were my patterns of behavior like what did I do in order to get my basic needs met and they worked brilliantly for a long time until they didn't So yeah recovery that 12-step program Alan really helped me to figure out okay what patterns don't work for me anymore and where do I want to live from more in the future and I also um, got really into some other healing modalities I was talking about this the other day with someone actually I got really into Course in Miracles I don't know if any of you know that which is Marion Williamson who was the first ever guest on the podcast but I got really into that I got really into meditation I actually trained as a meditation teacher I got really interested in trauma and that's why I talk about it so much on the podcast not trauma with a capital T you know not like abuse or you know physical trauma like a car crash it wasn't that kind of trauma that I am recovering from it's trauma with I call it and a lot of not that I call it this but therapists call it this you know trauma with a, a lowercase t which is really that I just grew up around people that were in pain in their own pain and you know what that meant for me and that's why I'm so passionate about talking about that sharing about it because I don't think it's talked about that much there's someone on Instagram called the holistic psychologist which I know many of you love her too if you don't know her please do look at her work she talks about this so brilliantly so I had this kind of breakthrough and I I really changed my relationship to myself When people say, well, what do you mean by healing? What I kind of mean, everyone uses different language and different words. But what I mean is that I totally changed my relationship to myself. I started to like myself. And then I started to do things and behaviors that mirrored the fact that I liked myself. (laughs) So, you know, simple things like I would eat good food and I would drink less. And I, you know, started to think about, okay, well, I hate my job. It doesn't light me up. What would light me up? You know, I just started to be able to be in the world and make decisions as if I actually really liked myself as opposed to hated myself, which is where I was before. So, where am I now? I think I'm in my 13th year of doing this work now. And lots of people say to me, well, when does it end? Like, when are you finished? And my answer is never. And far from that being a depressing thought, I kind of find that quite an exciting thought. Because, you know, it's not that this stuff goes away. It's not that my fearful mind or my mind that you know, I have quite an anxious mind naturally. So my mind likes to project loads of fear into the future and worry. And that hasn't really gone away. It has a little bit. It's dialed down, but it's still there. It's just that every day and every decision and every action, I get to make a choice about where I act from. And sometimes I say to clients, which I find really helpful to remember, is that I'm not responsible for my first thought. My first thought is often fear in a way like it was about recording this podcast like my first thought was I don't want to do it I don't know what I'm going to say who wants to hear from you anyway 
And then my second thought, which is where that kind of more healed recovery thought can come in, as, as I like to say, is, well, actually, people have asked to hear from you and you have a lot to say. And it doesn't really matter, you know, what the feedback is anyway. Just do it. Do your best. And that's that. You know, and then I get to decide my first action, which was sitting down to record it. I think if anyone kind of ever tries to sell you or, you know, a retreat or a teacher and says, you know, I can heal you forever, I would be really dubious of that because that has not been my experience. My experience is that that kind of opportunity to step back into pain and fear and dysfunctional behavior that's always there like any moment I think I can always do that it's just that I have more awareness and more compassion and I love myself enough today that I don't want to and I don't choose to and I keep myself accountable that's why if you listen to podcasts you'll know I really bang on about journaling a lot but that's why because what journaling does it helps keep me accountable every day and not slip back into those old thinking behaviors you know that I'm not good enough or that it's my responsibility to fix the whole world or that you know everything's not going to be okay so that's a bit more about my journey and I guess you know I was reflecting on this a little bit last night about what is the common theme across all of those 97 episodes you know some of those amazing guests that we've had on And I guess the common theme is, it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on this too. I might ask you, those of you that have been with me right from the start, but for me, I think the red thread through this whole podcast so far is that the relationship to ourselves is the most important one we'll ever have. And that's really, when I look back at all the episodes that we've done, that's really what I think pulls them all together. And I believe that to my core because the relationship that we have with ourselves determines how we talk to our children, therefore determines, you know, their first seven years, what's going to set up their beliefs about themselves. The relationship that we have with ourselves determines the type of relationships that we choose, you know, the partners that we choose, the friendships that we choose, the jobs that we choose, you know, everything comes down to that relationship that we have with ourselves. And you know, the guests that I get on and the episodes that I love the most, I think, even though I love all of them, are the ones where people have worked on a dysfunctional relationship with themselves to become a functional loving one. Because of course that mirrors my own story, as I've just been sharing with you. And, you know, what I often reflect on and and the passion that I have, you know, the passion for Motherkind and the, the message of this podcast really has not dimmed at all since the day that I started. In fact, it's got brighter and brighter and bigger and bigger because I really do believe that our children don't listen to what we say. You know, we can say all the right things to them, but really that doesn't make a difference. Like what they learn about the world and who they are is by watching us And I don't say that, like sometimes I think that can sound like I'm trying to put more pressure on us, that we have to be perfect. And you know, that if we mess up, I'm going to mess our children up. I would say it's the absolute opposite. It's meant to take the pressure off. Actually, you don't need to know that much about quote unquote parenting. I think being a fantastic parent is really about being a fantastic model and demonstrating what it means to be a human you know what it means particularly to be maybe a woman if you have a whatever sex charge you have what it means to be a man in today's world because really that's what children watch and I know this to be true because of the guests that I've spoken to but also because of my own experience you know I watched my mum have a really difficult relationship with herself you know and that's what I embodied you know she said all the right things because she's an incredible woman but she didn't have a great relationship to herself and that is what I picked up on so you know when we talk about self-care on the podcast or needing to take time from ourselves to do this healing like that really is the most important I believe thing that you can do for your children and I talk about that so much because it's really like the core message of what this platform's about what I feel really passionate about and what it is that I want to change in the world actually that is what I would change in the world I would wish that every parent 
could get some healing from their own childhood so that it doesn't get repeated. You know, I've talked about this a lot. If you know me in the podcast, like the generational trauma in my family, and I can just see now, you know, I've started interviewing my nan, which is incredible, not ever to publish it because it's deeply personal and private, but more just to have as a record. But through doing that, I've learned even more things about the trauma in my family you know, both sides, my mum's side and my dad's side. And I can see so clearly, like family therapy talks about this, so clearly how that trauma and that pain gets passed down. You know, there's so much pain in my family that's been passed down generation upon generation. And I think the thing that I'm probably proudest of in my whole life is that hopefully because of the kind of dedication I have to working on my own stuff, hopefully that won't get passed on to the girls and even if it does like even if they do end up with a really dysfunctional relationship to themselves or the world or they end up you know with mental health issues my hope is that they'll know where to go to get help because Guy and I both talk about having therapy so openly you know I talk so openly about feelings and spirituality and you know, I'm forever reading poor Jesse, like, you know, books, children books by Wayne Dwyer and Louise Hay and all these amazing kind of self-help authors who've also written children books. So that's my hope is that if and maybe when, like I think to a certain extent, it's inevitable, isn't it, that they're going to have some challenges so that when that happens, they would know where to go. Because I didn't know that. I kind of had to figure all this out for myself, which, you know, is no bad thing. But yeah, that's my kind of wish for my girls. And I guess my wish for you and your families as well is that that we get to do some healing to, you know, maybe minimise that trauma being passed down, that dysfunction, that pain, that sadness being passed down. And if it is that we talk about our inner world enough that our children know where to get help. I'm often asked what my favourite episodes are. And to be honest, it's so hard because every single one of these episodes you know to you you know I'm sure you you love them and you you know you you play them and you get a lot from them and then you might listen to another podcast or move on but for me every single one of these episodes represents like a moment of time and I can remember for every person that I've interviewed I can remember like how I got there and you know I remember for example when I interviewed Angelique Panagos, who's an amazing nutritionist and women's hormone expert, you know, I thought that I was at her house and I was early. I tend to be early for every podcast recording and I was sat there outside. And then about five minutes before I was due to go in, I realized I was at utterly the wrong place (laughs) and had to like, you know, drive off, find another parking space. And I kind of banged on her door 10 minutes late out of breath. You know, that's the things that I offer a member of these episodes. So each and every one of them is really special to me. But there are some ones that really stand out. I think the first one that really stands out, and I know it does for you too, because it's the most downloaded episode, is the one with Gabor Mate. And I have loved his work for a long time. You know, there's a lot of addiction in my family. So I think really, if you know anyone who is an addict and who doesn't, you know, I think we're all addicts to some extent. We all numb ourselves, which is what addiction is. Anyway, so I'd read his book in the realm of hungry ghosts, which is profound and really talks about addiction in quite a different way than many of the contemporary writers on addiction. He talks about addiction, as I just said, as being a response to trauma. Addiction is a way that people manage unresolved trauma so I'd read that book and I'd read when the body says no and god I just loved that you know the mind body connection is something that I'm incredibly passionate and interested in so to be able to interview him was a bit of a dream come true I think I was five or six weeks pregnant with Rose but I hadn't announced it so I was kind of feeling a bit sick and wearing a baggy shirt from memory And I just sat down in front of him and he has this really calm presence, which comes across on the podcast and it's come across in other interviews that I've heard him do. And I'd been to see him talk that morning 
which was absolutely fantastic because I just felt like so immersed in his thinking and his world. And, you know, it was amazing. It was, I think it was an 8.30 a.m. talk. I think it was the How To Academy had put on and it was 8.30 in the morning and there were like a thousand people there. And I felt so excited by that because I thought, isn't it incredible that we live in this time now that that kind of a thinking this kind of person can attract that many people that early in the morning. And I had planned out what I was going to ask him and I had a few questions and I had like a broad flow that I wanted the interview to follow. And then right at the end of the talk, this amazing woman, mother, put her hand up and she said, I've got a two-year-old. She said, I come from a background of, you know, dysfunction and pain and you know, I'm doing the best that I can, but I really want to be a great parent. So she said, what is the one thing that you think I could be doing or should be doing to help me be a great parent? And I kind of just thought, wow, this question is exactly the type of question that I would want to ask him. And to say that you could hear a pin drop is not an understatement. The room fell pretty silent. And he said, don't worry about parenting, just keep working on yourself. And I thought, God, that was like a real, I call them these like higher power moments. You've probably heard me talk about that. Just these moments where I hear exactly what I'm meant to. And I thought, wow, that is exactly what mother kind's about. So I actually changed the whole structure of the interview that I wanted to do. And I, if you've listened to that episode, you'll know that I start there because I felt so moved by it and so excited that I was getting this guest on who, you know, really was leading the way in, in what I'm talking about and passionate about. And yeah, I've been a huge fan of his ever since. And I think, you know, there's been a few, I won't name names, but there's been a few people on the podcast who, you know, I followed for a long time and I've read their books and I've met them and they haven't quite been the person that I thought they were. And that's been interesting for me. You know, clearly that's my stuff, putting people on a pedestal and having too high expectations of people. But that wasn't the case with Gabor. Like he was, he was kind of more the embodiment of his work than I thought he would be. So that was just an incredible moment for me. I felt so proud that I was there. And I think he was only giving at that time, like two or three podcast interviews while he was in the UK and I was one of them. So that was quite a moment, a watershed moment for me in the podcast. The other one that really sticks out is Dr. Alexandra Sachs, the episode on matrescence, because her work in that episode, I think helped me and so many like put a word to this struggle that I'd had when I became a mum. Like I don't think I had postnatal depression. I think I had mild postnatal anxiety actually, but I didn't have postnatal depression, but I found it so bloody hard becoming a mother. I felt like my whole identity had shifted overnight. Loads of old trauma and pain came up. All my old coping behaviours reared their heads. And I once again became like a controlling perfectionist. And then it kind of passed after, you know, 18 months or so. And I thought, God, what was that about? And then I met Dr. Alex and I saw her work and she put a word to it, which is this word matrescence, which we just didn't, I didn't know about that word before. I don't know if you did, but, you know, she says it's just like adolescence, you know, becoming a mother is a time in your life when everything changes, you know, hormonally you change, your brain chemistry changes, who you are in the world overnight, you know, changes regardless of the circumstance with which you become a mother. I don't know a mother that hasn't had everything in their lives change, you know, their relationships, their family relationships, how much, what they do for work, how they feel about themselves. Everything changes, doesn't it? That moment that you're suddenly responsible for another human being and she put a word to it this word matrescence and I think the moment that she described that in the podcast and she put the word to it I kind of I think on the podcast you can hear me exhale a bit (laughs) and that was just that relief of okay that's what it was and this is totally normal it's not only normal it's to be expected and every talk that I've given since I've always dropped in that word because I think it's kind of part of a public service to make sure that more mothers know about it. 
And that's what it is. Like she says, and you know, some people have a really bumpy matrescence and some people have a really smooth one. And whatever your experience of matrescence of becoming a mother, it's to be expected that it is going to throw up, you know, new challenges, just like becoming a teenager, just like adolescence. So that was like deeply, deeply profound for me. Lots of my favorite guests are American. I don't know if you've noticed that. It's because a lot of the books that I've read and the teachers that I just happen to have connected with happen to have been American. Not because there aren't incredible teachers in the UK, there absolutely are too, but you know, Dr. Shafali Safari, who, as you'll know, like is my mentor. Like I've trained with her. I you know, I've done pretty much all of her courses. You know, I know almost word for word her books because again, like her philosophy around parenting and life actually just so closely resonates with what I found has helped me. And I'd actually been trying to get her on the podcast for about two years, I think. And I'd been plugging away, plugging away, asking like every couple of months, like maybe once a quarter, I would just drop a note to her team and say, is Shafali ready to come on the podcast yet? And there would always be like a very polite, but, you know, she's got a book launch. She's got a course launch. She's not doing podcasts at the moment. Like keep asking, keep asking. And I did. And then one day they just came back and said, yeah, great. Let us know. And I squealed. I was so excited that I was going to get to interview her. You know, I've done lots of Q's and A's with her on trainings that I've done with her, but it's really different sitting down and getting to ask her exactly what I want for an hour and getting to share. I was so excited to share her philosophy and her knowledge with you all as well, because I think, you know, Oprah said she's the most profound parenting teacher of our time. And I think that is so true. Her core philosophy is that instead of trying to control our children and mold them into who we think they should be, we need to let our children go as in not let them go, as in let them do whatever they want, but just let them be who they are. Let them be who they are. And then whatever triggers, and by triggers, I mean, you know, things that we find really frustrating about our children or we want to change about them or when we get so angry, that's all about us. It's nothing to do with our children, actually. It's all to do with unhealed. There's that generational childhood thing again, isn't it? That's the unhealed part of us. You know, so when we really struggle, when our child, you know, Jessie's learning to write her name at the moment and she's struggling with it a little bit. I mean, she's doing amazingly. Like, I shouldn't say that. She's doing amazingly, but she just, there's some letters, like her name has got two S's in it and she can't get them the right way around. And sometimes I'll just notice my internal dialogue of like fear around that and like wanting her to be able to get it quicker than she can. And I guess I'm able to catch that, which is partly because of the work of Dr. Shafali, as I catch it and I notice this has got nothing to do with Jessie not being able to write her S's the right way around. And this is everything to do with me getting my esteem from being perfect for so many years. You know, and if I were at that point to kind of say to her, come on, get them the right way around, for God's sake, you know, what's so hard about that? That's where I would be dumping all of my stuff onto her and it's really Dr. Shafali's works that has helped me not to do that and to know actually this is about me and she'll get that whenever she gets that, you know. And what does it matter anyway, really? She'll get it at some point in her life. She'll be able to write her name perfectly, I'm sure. So, yeah, Dr. Shafali, that episode was incredibly powerful for me. The other one that sticks out is Dr. Kristen Neff because you know, as I've shared, my journey is really one of transitioning from a really hateful relationship with myself to a really loving one. And mindful self-compassion, which is the concept that Dr. Kristen founded, has helped me so profoundly. It's basically about tools. They're really simple and practical tools that she teaches about how to treat ourselves as we would a best friend. And I think, you know, something that she said that was just so so profound is like she says if you can't access that compassionate place for yourself you know if your inner critic is on you and you're really struggling to find something kind to say to yourself just ask yourself what would I say to a friend in the same situation because we can always find those kind 
compassionate, understanding words to say to a friend. I had to say it to myself the other day, like I was really beating myself up. I wasn't doing enough housework. I was like, you know, you haven't done any washing this week. No one's got any clean clothes. And look at this bathroom. I was stood in the bathroom at the time. It's a mess. And then I had to think to myself, what would I say to a friend? I'd say, you're in a global pandemic. This is totally unprecedented. You have a four-month-old baby. You have a four-year-old. You have no childcare, no school, and you're keeping a business going. So the moment I thought that's what I'd say to a friend and I would give her a hug and tell her she was wonderful, I was able to say that to myself and just really like almost laugh then at how insidious my critic is at criticising myself or wanting me to think that I haven't done enough or I'm not enough. So that's really helpful. That's probably one of the most simplest but powerful tools that I learned from Dr. Kristin Neff. And then there are a couple of other episodes because I've got friendships from this podcast. So Emma Cannon and Nikki Clinch. Emma's a fertility expert and Nikki Clinch is a transformational coach. You know, since having them on the podcast, we've become really good friends, the three of us. You know, we're on a group WhatsApp and we chat a lot and we go out a lot and we go to healing stuff. Like, you know, we go to talks together. I was actually at Gabor Mate with Emma Cannon. And as you know, Nikki Clinch went on a transformational ayahuasca retreat with him a couple of months later, which was amazing synchronicity. So yeah, the friendships that I've made and Carolyn Cowan as well. I knew of her from Kundalini. I'm really into Kundalini yoga and I actually trained as a Kundalini pregnancy teacher, not with Carolyn, but with Gurmukh, who's also been on the podcast. And Carolyn, so I knew I was going to really resonate with her because we had that shared kind of Kundalini thinking, I suppose. But she just blew me away. And, and, you know, we're often in contact and she's been on twice. And I know many of you love the episode that we did together about mum guilt and actually that it's shame so yeah I mean I could bang on for hours to be honest with you about each episode and what it's taught me and what it's brought to me but I'm not sure if that would make that thrilling an episode (laughs) so I guess it's you know what does the future mean you know this is the hundredth episode what are the next 100 gonna look like well hopefully not that different in that I still you know will be banging this drum that I have of us mothers and parents and caregivers doing our own healing you know that is the most profound thing that we can do as parents I really believe and I can't see that ever changing in terms of one of my core beliefs and passions that I want to communicate so yeah hopefully I'll just get to keep doing that for another hundred episodes hopefully another thousand. You know, I love this. I absolutely love it. And I feel so privileged without getting too cheesy that by showing up week in, week out, each of you enable me to do this. And the messages that you send me and, you know, I have so many messages from you all, like often telling me that this podcast has been life-changing for you. And I just want you to know if you have ever sent me a message, even if I didn't reply, like sometimes I'm not great on DMs on Instagram in particular, know that I've seen it and know that it's touched my heart and thank you. You know, this podcast has been the becoming of me in so many ways. I'm a different person because of these conversations. So it really inspires me to hear how listening to these guests has been the becoming of you too. And I know it's just a podcast, but for me, it's kind of not. (laughs) For me, this isn't just a podcast. This is a movement that we've got going on here. I just feel really proud that, you know, you're here, I'm here, you know, we're kind of muddling through all this together with the help of these, you know, incredibly wise guests that come on. So I hope that you will stick around for the next 100, maybe the next 500 episodes. The thing that I really need your help with is spreading the word. So the podcast has grown so much since we started it, but I really think every mother should be listening to this. And I know I would say that because it's my podcast, it's my baby and it's my mission, but You know, I think every mother needs to hear these messages about being kinder to ourselves, about things like matrescence, about things like how our own unresolved pain comes up in the relationship with our children. Like what mother doesn't want to feel calmer and more peaceful and more joyful within herself? Like who doesn't want that? And I know from the messages that you've sent me, that's what this podcast, you know, is a tiny piece 
of that puzzle for you. So if you have enjoyed the last 100 episodes, maybe you've listened to all 100, maybe you've listened to one or anything in between, please do share it. Maybe open your phone now, copy this link and just send it to someone that you think might resonate because you know, I don't have massive marketing budgets. You know, I don't have celebrity friends. I don't have even a huge Instagram following. So we have grown this so far by our community sharing it. And that's how I want it to be. That's how I want us to continue to grow the message and this podcast and, you know, to enable me to get these guests and to show up week in and week out. So I guess that's it from me. Oh, but I suppose I need to ask myself the final question, don't I? If you know the podcast, I always ask the same question at the end, which is if you could give just one gift to all the mums in the world, what would it be and why? And kind of unsurprisingly, I guess, the one gift that I would give is the gift of healing. It's the gift of mothers and parents and caregivers of all types, you know, having the courage, and it does take courage, to get to know your own patterns of behavior, to get to know what isn't working for you anymore, and then kind of get busy on transforming those so that our children get to witness, you know, the most alive, present, joyful version of ourselves. That would be my gift. Just a small one, eh? (laughs) But I hope that the podcast has done some tiny work in helping us all with that mission. So thank you for listening to this. Thank you for being here. I words can't really express the gratitude, so I'm not I'm not going to try, but hopefully, you know, through my voice and my energy, I believe energy speaks far more than words do anyway. Hopefully you're picking up on that right now of how grateful I am for you and I am sending you love and I'm sending you peace of mind and I'm sending you kindness to yourself and I look forward to speaking to you again on the hundredth and first episode where we have an incredible guest I'm not going to tell you who so pop back next week love to you so that's it thank you for listening to the episode i hope you really enjoyed it and if you did please do leave a review on itunes it does make a massive difference to the number of mums that we can reach with this content if you were listening to that episode thinking about one of your friends that they might benefit from what we were chatting about then just tag them in on instagram my bio will include the link to the podcast so they can find it really easily from there people often tell me they're desperate to share it with their friends so if that's you then please do i feel like the guests that we have on the podcast their wisdom just deserves to be heard far and wide so help me make that happen i'd be very grateful And also, if you want to send me any comments or thoughts about the episode, then please pop over onto Instagram at motherkind underscore Zoe. And also just to let you know about my coaching. So I do work one-on-one with mums on my program which is a three-month program called Reconnect to You. So if you want to work with me on taking your power back in any area of your life, then please do get in touch. Just drop me an email, zoe at motherkind.co or look on the website, www.motherkind.co. That's it. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Take care. Hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm Nicole. And if you enjoy this show, you will love our podcast, Self Care Club. Every week, we trial a different form of self care and report back on the results. We've tried everything from cuddle therapy, setting boundaries, laughter yoga, and many more. Two friends who rarely agree on anything, testing out the world of self care so you don't have to. We've even written a book dedicated to self care practices that cost you nothing. You can listen to Self Care Club wherever you get your podcasts. Or to purchase our book, search Have You Tried This on Amazon.